As I said, teaching in the country was not what I expected for the beginning of my teaching career. But I am really grateful that it ended up this way. And I think as long as you're open to all of the wonderful opportunities that come with working in a small school, you'll really love every minute of it. That was today's guest, prep and year one teacher Adele Nugara. And you're listening to episode number 13 of the Teacher's Guide podcast. Gentlemen, what are the four pillars? Now you all remember how scary your first days at school were. You've done messed up, A.A. Ron! Hello and welcome to the Teacher's Guide podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. My name is Zach Woodward. I'm a primary school teacher from Brisbane, Australia, and I will be your host each week. The aim of this podcast is to provide information and experiences that will help all teachers to thrive in their role, particularly aimed at beginner teachers and those who are aspiring to one day join the teaching profession. We like each episode to be short and to the point, so let's get into it. Today's guest, Adele Nagara, is a prep and year one teacher at St. Patrick's School, Nanango. And in this episode, you're going to hear about her very interesting journey from finishing university to then ending up in this small rural community about two and a half hours outside of Brisbane. In this episode, Adele gives lots of stories about what life is like working and living in a small rural community, and she encourages teachers just like you to apply and go and do the same thing. As always, I started out by asking our guest, Adele, to tell us about one of the best lessons and one of the worst that she's ever taught. A quick audio note as well about this episode. My phone does beep twice with text messages throughout this episode because I forgot to put my phone on Do Not Disturb and that was my fault. And I was going to edit them out, but they both happened at times where Adele happened to be saying something very important, so I couldn't edit them out. So please bear with me and those two sounds that happened throughout the episode. One of my best lessons was when we were engaging in a familiarizing lesson Mm. and we were familiarizing the word messy in order to set them up with some of the language that they needed for the unit. So my learning assistant and I made up buckets and buckets of jelly and our plan was for the children to do some jelly painting. But as you can imagine, with five and six-year-olds, jelly painting did not stay jelly painting for long. No, I I can imagine. Yeah, it turned into a bit of a jelly fight and I may or may not have initiated it. But no, it was great. It was good fun and there was lots of really incredible oral language that Mm. came out of it. So I think that would have to be one of my best lessons. Yeah, great, great. And did the principal walk past as you were throwing jelly at each other? Yeah, they were actually, they had uh, area supervisor in for walks and talks. So, yeah, they got to witness that as well, which is good. Yeah, good. Excellent. No, that that sounds fun. (laughs) Those lessons are cool because you can talk about them for weeks on end and you can can sort of use them for for anything. So, that's that's a great fun lesson that everyone was engaged in and it went well. Is there a lesson that ever went the other way that you just thought, oh, my goodness, this is the worst lesson ever? Well, the lesson to follow that would probably have to have been one of the worst because we were all super sticky after throwing jelly at each other Mm -hmm. and we had to sit in those sticky wet clothes for the rest of the day. So 
yeah, I guess after any lesson that doesn't go according to plan, you get to sit back and reflect on what had happened mm. and what you might change to improve next time. Yeah. So, yeah, I suppose I could have just planned the lesson to be at the end of the day rather than mm. at the beginning. So we didn't need to stick hang around like sticky puddings all day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, I learned something similar once. I saw this game where people, it, it was like a skill, fun Fun skill team building game where one one person lay on the ground and they had like you you, you sprayed cream on their face. <laughs> they were throwing skittles at their face and you had to count how many yep. skittles could stay in their face. And oh. but but it, it's, it's a fun game like a skill testing game. But I used like dairy cream and you were actually meant to use shaving cream. And so when oh, the sun no. yeah when the sun hit that dairy cream it, it just stank for the rest of the day it was it was horrible oh yuck so yeah when I did it the next time I definitely used shaving cream um, for sure yep. yeah so lessons like that are good because we do learn when we do learn the skills of timing there's a certain time where certain lessons work the best and yes. there's lessons that work well in the morning and ones that yep. work well in the afternoon some are better in winter yeah. and summer and yeah exactly yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think um, even preparing, just being prepared for all of those things. Mm. And, you know, if something unexpected pops up or you've forgotten to prepare a resource, I generally find that those are the lessons that might not go according to plan mm. because the class tend to feed off your stress energy. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess now I just try to have all my lesson resources prepped and prepared and mm. think about some of those um, circumstances to avoid situations like that. Definitely, definitely. And now that you're five years in, do you feel like you're getting better at that? I think so. Yeah. But obviously, things like that happen all the time. It's inevitable. Mm. We're doing such a flexible job and, you know, things are always changing. Mm. So... Yeah. Yeah. And can, can we talk a bit about your teaching journey? Because now you're obviously five years in. Why did you become a teacher? And did you start uni straight out of school or did you try other things first? Well, I've actually always wanted to be a teacher. Mm. All the way back since my very first day of year one, I had the most beautiful year one teacher. Mm. She was so kind and she had the best hair. Ah, so all yep. I, yeah so all I wanted to do when I grew up was be her yeah and I guess I just never really changed my mind after that yeah and throughout school I was just really lucky to have inspiring teachers who mm. guided me to realize my vocation mm. and I went straight from high school to university brilliant, brilliant. yeah I wonder if your teacher's listening to this Oh, and, I hope so. Yeah, and I wonder. If, <laughs> I want. And is your hair now the same? Have you have you made your hair the same as your oh, year one? I, I try to. It's probably as long as hers, but not as yeah. straight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that that's incredible. That's that. So your your year one teacher had such an impact on you that you then wanted to to join that profession as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she did. That's that's pretty amazing. And so now you're teaching in a rural school in um, yeah. a country town in Queensland. While you were at uni, when did the idea of teaching rural come in? When when did that idea pop into your head? Well, while studying, I had given teaching out rurally absolutely no thought at all. Yeah. 
it wasn't essentially until I got the job. So in my final year of study, I applied to the system. And in my head, I was thinking, you know, I'd get something relatively close to home, somewhere that, you know, I'd be able to live at home for at least the next hundred years or so. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> so when I got the phone call from my principal offering me the job, I actually accepted straight away. Mm. And it was only because that there was another school called St. Pat's about 15, 20 minutes away from my home. Oh, really? And I thought it was that one. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yep. So I accepted it and my principal was very surprised and he said, great, we'll organize to have your things moved. And mm. in my head, I was just thinking like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. Just because I've got a full-time job does not mean I need to fully adult and move out of home. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's just 15 uh, minutes down the road. Exactly. And that's what I said. I said, I live just across the bridge and I'm okay with my current accommodation. Thank mm. you. And then he just paused a little bit and he said, oh, Adele, I'm sorry, but this is St. Pat's at Nanango. Mm. We're one of the rural schools in the system about two hours away from your home. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, there was... That's a good surprise. That, that was a very big surprise. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there was a very long, awkward pause where I said nothing. Yeah. So he said he'd give me some time to think about it and ask mm. me to come to the school and then make up my mind. That's a good idea. Yeah, yep. And but when he said that, I was still thinking, nope, Beyonce does not belong in the country. <laughs> yep. uh, but it turns out Beyonce does belong in the country. Yeah. And after my visit to the school, I just fell in love. Yeah. So, yeah, the school has a chicken palace. This thing is Ooh. huge, yeah. and they call it the Chuk Taj Mahal. Oh, wow. Like, what's not to love about this place? <laughs> it's just a cool name as well, the Chuk Taj Mahal. Yeah, now, for everyone, right. for everyone listening, I was actually born in Nanango, and uh, just by coincidence, that's now where Adele is teaching. And Adele, yeah. as a previous Nanango uh, resident, I, yeah. I do want to ask you this question. When you heard you were teaching at St. Pat's Nanango, did you have to Google the word Nanango to work out where it was? I definitely did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I did. Yep. Yep. It sounded like a made-up place, to be honest. Yes, yes. But now, you'd be surprised. Everyone has a connection to Nanango. You are so not many wrong. People. All, yeah, all roads lead back to Nanango. They do. And, and if not Nanango, people have definitely heard of Kingaroy Peanuts. And that's, that's just down right. the road. That's just down yeah. the road. So from receiving a phone call to then going, look, Beyonce doesn't teach in the country, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're now there. And yeah. let's talk about community life, um, yep. community life in a country town. Yep. How is it and, and how is it different to maybe um, living here in the big smoke in Brisbane? What were some of the things you noticed when you first moved there? Okay. Well... I guess, like I mentioned before, it is a small community. Mm. So I do know a lot of people, as we do tend to run in the same circles. Yeah. We have lots of community events. Mm. So we have the local show, we've got football games, trivia nights, the races, um, and lots of other community events where the whole town or lots of the town will gather. Mm. And this is probably one of my favorite things about living in a small town. Yeah. Meeting the same or similar crowds at these events and catching up with them, it's always lots of fun. Yeah. I suppose if I was in Brisbane and attending all of these events, 
I wouldn't be meeting the same group of people and making connections with no. them because Brisbane is just so big. It is. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't be socialising much with parents either. However, being in a small town, I've made some really lovely friendships with parents because yeah. they understand that you've left your family and friends and they want to welcome you into the community so you feel a part of it. Yeah. Now that that's That's really nice. So around town, do you just see parents of your kids and strike up a conversation and and talk about how they're going at school well i do see them around around town mm. but outside of school we don't really engage in school conversations we yeah. keep those for school yeah. but um yeah we we've got some really good friendships and i'll go out to dinner with them and yeah. spend time with them yeah they've made me feel really welcome no, that that's really nice. I've heard that from a few teachers who speak who teach in rural schools and and for me I teach at a big inner city school and I just can't imagine that happening. It's it's so different yeah. here. It's such a nice unique yeah. experience. Definitely. Yeah. And so tell us about St. Pat's Nanango, the school you're at. Um, what grade are you in and what sort of extracurricular activities did you get involved in when you first arrived there? Well, St. Pat's is a very small school. It's mm. very cute. We've got about 70 students mm. and I am the prep year one teacher and I've got a beautiful little class of 14. Excellent. So what extracurricular activities have I been a part of? Well, I have a passion for the arts. Yeah. I love singing, dancing, painting, creating. I love all of it. Mm. Although I'll admit... Whilst I like to think I can, I'm not very good at any of them. <laughs> but, but, but I do enjoy the joy it brings my students and sharing my passion with them. Yeah. Yeah. So in my first year at St. Pat's, my principal asked me what I was interested in. So I told him. Mm. And he encouraged me to work with another teacher to put together the annual school concert. Okay. And since yeah, and since then each year I work with a colleague to coordinate the concert, organize the staff act, mm. run auditions, and I take this very very seriously. Mm. Come come concert time, I'm the Mr. G of the school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I even changed my signature on my email to say arts director. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah like, that's the next self-appointed of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. But, and there's a teacher yeah, act. Yeah. Oh, that sounds fun. What? what oh, what, what it's do you so do? much fun. We've done lots of things. Usually we do a mashup yeah. um, of pop songs, songs that the children like and know. So mm. that, yeah. The staff at my school would be reluctant to do that. But I, I, around COVID time, I did enjoy the videos that schools were putting out of staff doing yep. TikToks and other dances for their kids. It was, it was a nice touch. Very yep. nice touch. And so, Adele, a lot of teachers who find themselves teaching out west um, do get worried about accommodation. So were there yeah. any incentives given to you? Did you have help in finding a place to live? Well, the accommodation was actually the easy part. Okay. My Yeah, when my principal called to offer me the job, he mentioned that there was another young teacher who had expressed interest in living with me. In a house that was owned by one of the local parishioners who rented out the house for quite a reasonable price. Mm. So that was essentially sorted out the moment that I accepted the job, which was really great. I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far with Adele. She'll be back in a moment with more experiences from working in a small rural school. 
Before we get to that, however, we just have a quick message from the sponsor of today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by WillPro, and the team at WillPro make it their mission to help people just like you create a personalized and professional will all online for just $99. So you can create a will from the comfort of your own couch. And for listeners of the Teacher's Guide podcast, WillPro have a very special offer for you. They are offering you 15% off. All you need to do is type in the code TEACHERPODCAST at the checkout and you can have your will done online for 15% off. So that code again is TEACHERPODCAST, all one word, and it is written down in today's show notes for you. So head over to willpro.com.au and start making your will today. WillPro, let your will be done. When you first arrived, you said accommodation was the easy bit. Yeah. Were there any hard bits of moving two hours away from home? Well, I was really lucky. Two of my mm. friends from uni ended up in towns around Nanango, so in Kingaroy and Mergen. Yeah. So... In our first year, we would get together once a week and we'd do some exploring or some kind of fun activity together where we could spend time with each other but also get to know the towns we were living and working in. So that made the transition to Nanango a little bit easier. Mm. Um, The other thing about small schools, as I mentioned before, is that everyone's really close. So each week I join staff members from my school and some of the neighbouring schools and our our parish priest to play trivia and we'd have dinner. Oh, really? So, yeah, it was really, it was lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really great sense of community. Yeah. And I suppose in small schools, your peers really do become your family. So, yeah. And have you won any of, are, are you a good trivia team or are you just in it for the fun? Oh, I'm in it for the fun of the socializing. However, yeah. our parish priest was excellent at it. Yes. So Good. most weeks we would win. Yeah. <laughs> well yeah. done. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. In fact, trivia, I've found, so my staff, we play trivia every lunchtime. So yeah. if, if, if we're wow. not on duty, we open the career mail to the back page and there's that t- those 10 trivia questions. Yeah. And seriously, it's, it's what I look forward to. Like in the mornings, I love it. That's we, great. We, we go to the staff room, and whoever's not on duty, we just ask ten questions, and and we sometimes we get all ten, sometimes not so much. But it, it's funny how oh, well wow. that, that can bring us together. Yeah, I might have to try that out at the mango. Yeah, no, seriously, do it, it's a really good way of, <laughs> yeah. of bonding with staff. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Adele, I know lots of teachers. Uh, sorry, lots of uni students when they go to apply for a job, there is that big list of boxes you can tick. You can tick, I don't want to move any more than five kilometers away from my house. I, this, this, that, and the other. Um, so I want to I want to ask you if, if a graduate came to you and said, look, I really don't want to move away from home, so I'm just going to tick the box that says five kilometers from my house. What would you yeah. say to encourage them to have a crack at teaching a bit further away? I would say you should absolutely do it. Mm. I couldn't encourage it more. Teaching in Nanango has shaped who I am as a teacher Mm. and it has taught me so much about fostering community, differentiated teaching and lots, lots more. Mm. 
As I said, teaching in the country was not what I expected for the beginning of my teaching career, but I am really grateful that it ended up this way. And I think as long as you're open to all of the wonderful opportunities that come with working in a small school, you'll really love every minute of it. Yeah. And, and and so I, I can just hear in your voice you're you 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 genuinely enjoy it you you're thoroughly enjoying living in a small community and teaching in a small school. I am absolutely loving it. So yep. let's paint a picture of what life in a small town's like. What's on what's on the cards for the next few months? What sort of events <laughs> are happening around town? Well, the highlight of the school year is coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm. We have got our school concert happening. Excellent. Unfortunately, due to COVID, it will be happening in a bit of an alternative way. And we are going to be filming it and sending it out to parents. Yeah, good. So that will be really lovely. And we've encouraged them to use the night to go and buy some food from the local takeaway joints and support community. So that will be exciting. And then we also have our Nanango races coming up, which is very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I remember my parents going to the Nanango races when when we lived there. And um, and so do you go with your staff? Like, do you get together as a staff and go? Sometimes we do that. um, But this time I'm just going with some of my friends. Yeah. Excellent. Have you ever invited your Brisbane friends to come up and experience in the mango races definitely they usually do come up and they join some of the teachers from the school and we all have a big day of it it's great yeah oh great no that sounds good i'll I'll, um I'll keep an eye out for some photos from the Nanango yeah. races. It sounds like a it sounds like a great day. So Adele, <laughs> as we come be. to the end, we do like to end the episode with just a, a general tip for for graduate teachers. So you've already told us that you should def people people should definitely consider teaching rural, and yeah. um and it, it's it's an experience. Can I can I paint another picture for you? Let's say a graduate teacher comes to you and and says, "I start a job tomorrow in a rural school." Yeah. And I've, I'm, I'm moving tonight. Um, yeah. What's one piece of advice you'd give me to help me in this transition of teaching in a small town, rural, rural school? I would say reach out to the staff that are there. Make those connections because working in a small school, you really do rely on your peers. Mm. I have become the closest of friends with the people that I work with and yeah, without them, I think, I think it would have been really difficult to make myself comfortable and at home in a small town. Mm. But yeah, through those connections, I've just felt so welcomed and so happy. Yeah. Great. Great. And and that's, that's awesome that, that you are happy in that school. And you obviously yeah. put yourself out there, made those connections, and now you're happy in that small Definitely. school. So any teachers listening who are thinking, oh, I can't find a job in schools in the five-kilometer radius of my house, well, there's <laughs> other options out there. That's right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Adele. It's, thank you for having me, Zach. That's fine. It's been great chatting with you. It's been great hearing your passion and, and energy for teaching in your small school. And uh, all the best, and particularly all the best for your concert. Is, is there a sneak peek into what the staff are planning for the staff 
show? Oh, it's a top secret. It's a top secret. I cannot right. reveal anything. Oh, that is all right. I understand. I we don't know who's listening. No. Yeah, I know. I know. We'll, um, yeah, no, all the best for that. And um, we'll talk again soon, Adele. Have a great week. Thank you, Zach. Thanks. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. And that brings us to the end of today's chat with Adele. Look, I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. And if you're graduating uni and you're looking for jobs, I'm sure that from what you've heard from Adele speaking, you can see that there's nothing to be afraid of with teaching out in a rural school for a few years. So if you have any questions about this and you want to hear some more experiences, if you shoot your question through to me via theteachersguide.com.au, I'll pass your question on to Adele and I'm sure she'd be more than happy to answer it. Look, wherever you are in your teaching journey, I wish you all the best and please tune in next week for episode number 14 of the Teacher's Guide podcast.